the Lord has done anything for you, no rock should be able to testify for you. If the Lord has brought you through another week, if the Lord has opened doors that were shut, if the Lord has created doors that was no longer there, if the Lord has healed your body, touched your mind, provided for you, if the Lord has done anything for you, there ought to be a sound that is coming from 400 East Main Street. There ought to be a sound. Whether you watch it online, there ought to be a sound that is coming out of your voice to testify to the goodness of Jesus. So I'm going to give you a few seconds just to open up your mouth and show appreciation to God. Open up your mouth and show appreciation to God for all that he has done. All that he has done for you. All the ways that he has made. All the doors that he has opened. All the provision that he has given. How he's been your friend. How he's been your mind regulator. How he's been your heart fixer. How he's been your healer. Whatever he's been to you. Open up your mouth in this moment right here. And give him thanks, give him glory, give him appreciation for everything. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. You don't need no rocks to cry out for you. Oh, testify of his goodness. Testify of his joy unspeakable. Testify of his grace and his mercy that's renewed every morning. Great is thy faithfulness new mercies we see come on open your mouth open your mouth open your mouth just talk to him talk to him talk to him come on talk to him open your mouth open your mouth if you got relationship you know what to say open your mouth open your mouth open your mouth God we thank you God we glorify you God we magnify you God we adore you God we exalt you God we extol you God, you're so good and we don't deserve it. God, you're so kind and we don't deserve it. God, you're so gracious and we don't deserve it. God, you're so merciful and we don't deserve it. God, you are so long-suffering and we don't deserve it. You're so patient, oh God, and we don't deserve it. You're too kind, God, and we don't deserve it, oh God. You're too good, God, and we're not deserving of it, Lord God. You are great, God. You are faithful, Lord God. You are just, God. We love you this morning, Father. We glorify you, Lord great are you Lord great are you Lord great are you Lord come on and put those hands together real good real good real good real good hallelujah hallelujah great are you Lord you may be seated in the presence of the Lord well, good morning, Hopewell. Well, uh, good morning, Hopewell. Amen. What another opportunity that we have to be able to come together and to corporately worship God, to testify of his goodness and his kindness towards us. Has God been good to anybody this week? Oh, my goodness. Yes. And listen, the goodness of God, I'm learning as I grow, the goodness of God is not just indicative of what he has given us, but the goodness of God is that we woke up this morning. My goodness, we woke up, we were able to see, we were able to touch, we had all five of our senses. That is good, that, that is worthy enough for us to be able to give God thanks 
and praise for all that he has done for us. Those that are watching online, I hope well anywhere viewers, we thank God for you. Do me a favor. Go ahead and be a digital evangelist, as Minister Ford tells us on Wednesdays, and go ahead and share this. Tag others in him that's been saying, I'm going to come to church with you, and they haven't came yet. Invite them into the virtual sanctuary of the Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church. Those in person, can you help me praise God for our online viewers that are watching? We thank God for you. You could be streaming. You might be watching multiple churches right now, but we're so glad that Hopewell was your church of choice um, that you are watching this morning. We're getting ready to come with the word, but I want to share a few things with you. Uh, we're in a series right now entitled, We Got Work To Do. Everybody say that. We got work to do. Say it again real strong. We got work to do. We have work to do. Yes, we do as we're going through the book of Nehemiah. And as we see that, we're going to get into it a few chapters later on, that much of Nehemiah's work was done through partnership and collaboration and teamwork. Everybody say teamwork. They were able to get done what they had to get done because they had a solid team um, that, worked, that worked the vision, that believed the vision, and they worked the vision. Listen, we need your help here at the well. One of the things that we want to be able to do, I'm not about to preach just yet, so you got to put it up right now. Uh, but one of the things that we want to be able to do is that we realize in this hybrid world that we're living in right now, um, that this is, where the, this is the new way of church now. And so we want to be able to embrace both in-person and hybrid. We want to be able to give those that are watching online the best virtual church experience that we can and in order to be able to do that we need your help we need to expand our team to have more individuals on the team so that we can be able to do, to do the work that God has called for us to be able to do we thank God that all the way from Carbondale Illinois there are people weekly that tune in from Chicago and, and, and Belleville Illinois and California that love the whole world experience and they bring it right to their homes right where they are so I need your help we need your help amen Man, that's worth giving God praise for right there. We need your help as we expand the team. Our media team needs your help. We need some more camera operators that can be able to operate the camera for our online experience. We need a social media facilitator that can be um, that designated person that's engaging with our online audience, telling them good morning, letting them know about the different things that we have going on here at the church. We want to be able to give them the best virtual experience as much as possible. We need more sound engineers, more audio engineers, to help us with our sound so that we can be able once again to give them the best virtual experience possible. Screen operators and stream operators um, that will be behind the computers and putting all those things that we see up on the screen. There is a lot of work that goes into virtual church. And so we need your help. We need your help in expanding that team. If you have experience, great. If you don't, we'll be willing to train you if you are willing and teachable so that you can be a part of the team. Brother Warren, raise your hand. I'm meeting director. Where's Warren? Brother Warren, raise your hand. I don't know where Warren is, but I'll make sure to introduce you to him um, at the end of service. If you are interested in that, whatever capacity, again, camera operator, social media facilitator, and even if you're watching online, you could be a social media facilitator. And we also need van drivers. We know, amen, we haven't driven the van that much, but recently many have been called in for van rides, so we need van drivers to help us go get people and bring them to the well for the whole world experience. So please see Brother Warren if you're interested to be a part of our media team after service today if you're interested in being a van driver pull up in a, a nice white limo amen see sister ross and she can be able to get you ready uh, to be a part of that as well listen two things that we got coming up i'm trying to move right along uh two things that we got coming up that i would definitely want you to be a part of saturday august the 20th at 10 a.m that's a saturday 
We're going to have a mid-year church update meeting. We want to be able um, to give you a recap of what the past two years have been like and to share with you what the future is of the world and what God is doing. I'm excited about what God is doing here at the Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church. Here, I am excited about what the Lord is doing. And so I want to give you updates. I believe an informed church is a good church. And so we want you to be aware and know what is going on and how you can be able to be, play a part in what God is doing here yet yeah, to be a part of what God is doing here um, at the world I believe that our best days are yet still ahead of us amen I believe that that our best days are still yet ahead and so I want you to be a part of that if you are a member of the well if you've been checking the well out and you want to get a little bit more come to that meeting on August the 20th at 10 a.m. won't hold you no longer than an hour and a half want to share some good stuff that's getting ready to happen here at the well and so that you can be involved in it amen Wednesday, August the 24th, and Wednesday, August the 31st, I want to invite you to the well in the sanctuary at 6 p.m. Uh, for a night of exaltation. Um, as, we've been re as we've been going through um, the book of Nehemiah, we saw this last week, but one of the main components of Nehemiah's success, even his start, laying the foundation for what God was about to do in his life was prayer. Everybody say prayer. prayer. Everybody say prayer again. Prayer. Part of Nehemiah's success was being able to talk to God and not just talk to God, but to have an ear to be able to hear what God was saying and to be able to execute. I want to invite you out on Wednesday, October the 21st, 24th, and October the 31st. I mean, August 31st. Hey, man, not October. That's way too long. Praise the Lord. August 24th and August 31st, 6 p.m. right here in the sanctuary as we have a night of exhortation. I and believe in God to show up big those two nights um, as we're praying intentionally and strategically about where we are moving and going as a church. One of our former pastors used to say something to us in our ministers' meetings. He will always tell us, if you want to know what we're about to do and what God's about to do here at the well, meet me on your face in prayer. And I want to challenge us to come out to the night with expectation. There will be no preaching. There will be no, no preaching, no teaching, no singing. We're going to be going before the Lord in high prayer. Amen. We're going to be going before the Lord in intense prayer and, and, and supplication and praying to God. And even knowing that God is going to answer us. God can do that even in the midst of our meeting that God can answer us and give us exactly what, what we need. So meet me those two Wednesdays for our, for our members that watch online. We have a virtual component for you uh, for, uh, for you as well so that you can be a part of that but if you can make it out to the building we want your face to be in the place on those two Wednesdays for our night of exaltation amen I said something last week, and I'm getting ready to do one more thing, and then we're going to come with the word of God. I said something last week um, that I love what God is doing organically and authentically here um, at the well of how he is bridging that gap um, between church and the schools. God is using us. Is that a big push that we're having to make? It's something that God is just doing and bringing together, and I'm excited about it. Just, this, just last week, um, last Friday, we have the opportunity, many community members, have the opportunity to be there on the first day of school to be able to welcome the students back to Carbondale uh, Middle School for the 2022-2023 school year. It was absolutely amazing to be able to see black, whites, lawyers, preachers, doctors, SIU administrators, everybody from all around Southern Illinois uh, to come and to welcome our students back. I'm excited uh, for not just that, but this year Carbondale Middle Schools welcomes a brand new pre-
principle. He's not new. He's not, a, he's not new to the area. He's been here before. And I want to invite Mr. Tim Estes to the stage, who is now the proud principal of the Carbondale Middle School. Come on up here, Brother Tim. I want the, come on up here, sir. Hey, man, I want the saints to be able to see you. He is, he is an alumni of SIU. Um, before yes. he left here and transitioned to Texas, he left here. He was assistant principal at the Carbondale Community High School. But now he is back. God yes. saw fit to bring him back to Southern Illinois, to Carbondale. Yes. I'm telling you this, saints. It is so important for our children to see someone that looks like them. It is so important for our black and brown kids to see someone that looks like them. It is so important for our children, for the community, to be able to see a black strong man in leadership that can be seen as an example and realize and know that there is more, not knocking being a rapper, not knocking being a basketball player, but there is more that can be achieved in life than just being those things, but that you can be able to advance in education and find a fulfilling job to be able to make an impact right where you are. Uh, so I've told you this before personally, and I tell you this publicly, whatever myself of Hopewell can do, we want to do just that in helping you to be able to do what God has called for you to do. It's not by coincidence, sir, that God has brought you back here. I believe he's brought you here for a reason. And so we are excited. Yeah. We are pumped about it. Yeah. We're praying for you. We are supporting you. Whatever we can do, if it's volunteers, if it's coming and read, whatever it is, I don't know, whatever you need from us, we want to be able to do right, just right. that. Are we going to do that, Hopewell? Yeah. Oh, yes. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. And if it's all right with me, if it's all right with you, I just want to pray for you publicly. That's all right, man. I know I kind of put you on the spot. I should have texted you and told you this before. I'm sorry, sir. Hopewell, point your hands in this direction. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up Principal Estes to you right now, God. We pray for a fresh grace for a new journey, Father God. A fresh grace for a new journey, Father God. You know the obstacles that may be ahead. You know the victories that are ahead as well, Father. So I pray right now in the name of Jesus, oh God, that you will give him the courage, that you will give him the boldness, that you will give him the strategy, that you will give him the insight, Father God. Help him to hear what's not even being said. Help him to be, help him to see what's not even seen yet, Father God, so that he can be able to leave the staff, Lord God, the administrators, the students at Carbondale Middle School, Father yeah. God. Oh, I pray right now, Father God, that you will allow him, Lord God, to authentically walk into who he is, oh God, in this new uh, in this new position, Father God. We know the challenges that may lie ahead with people, Lord God, the challenges that may lay ahead, lay ahead with the resources, Father God. But I pray in the name of Jesus, oh God, that everything that he needs, that the school needs, that the school district needs, oh God, that you you will provide, Father God. You sent us him, Lord God, when we didn't even realize if we were able to find someone, Father God. So if you did that, we know that there's so much more that you can be able to do, Father God. I pray that you will give him um, his own rhythm, Lord God, a pace, Father God, that he can be able to take care of himself, oh God, at the same time as taking care of his family, Father God. I pray right now, Lord God, that whatever he needs from you, that you will give it to him, Lord God. Protect his family, Lord God. Protect his wife. Protect his children, Lord God. Be with them. Guide them. Lead them. Direct them, oh God. Anything that comes up before him, oh God, I thank you, Lord God, that just like Moses, you've already gone before him, Father God. And we thank you for it now. And it's in the strong name of Jesus we pray. 
And all of God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Bless you, my brother. Bless you. Come on, help me praise God for Brother Tim Masters again. Come on, we can do better than that church. Woo. Amen, amen. Grab your Bibles and go with me to Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah chapter 2. And before you even go to chapter 2, go back with me to chapter 1, verse 11. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 11. If you can, stand with me um, as we get ready to go to um, the word of God. Nehemiah 1, 11. To all of our elders and ministers, our deacons, our mothers, um, to all of you God's children. I like this. It says, O Lord. Please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those who, those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me, put into his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was the cupbearer to the king. Chapter 2, early the following morning in the spring of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reigns, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified, but I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is, is, is in ruins, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? With the prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if it pleases the king and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king with the queen sitting beside him asked, how long will you be gone? When will you return? After I told him how long I will be gone, the king agreed to my request. I also said to the king, I love the boldness, the, the boldness of Nehemiah. He says, if it, if it pleases the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province of the west, of, uh, west of the Euphrates rivers. Instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I would need it to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress for the city walls uh, for the, uh, and for a house for myself and the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me verse 9 when I came to the governor of the province west of the Euphrates river I delivered the king's letters to him the king I should add sent army sent, had sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me I want to preach this morning from the title, How to Handle Open Doors. How to Handle Open Doors. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. How to Handle Open Doors. God, our Father, be with us now. Help us to hear your word, Lord God, and help us to obey what you tell us to do. In the precious, strong name of Jesus, we pray. And God's people said, amen. How to Handle Open Doors. Hopewell, if you've never heard me before while preaching, I need you to hear me. As we're going through this book of Nehemiah, this is literally a strategy, game plan for us to rebuild ministry. For us to do ministry that will honor God and serve people. 
that we would see as we go through this book of Nehemiah, the, the strategy of working together as a team, the strategy of how to be able to overcome the obstacles and the enemies that were trying to come up against us and stop us from doing what God has called for us to see, to do. But most importantly, Hopewell, help us. I pray that your eyes are open and that, you're, that you can be able to see how we can be able to place ourselves in this story. And to see how not just Nehemiah, but that we can be able to see how the gracious hand of God is on us. How the gracious hand of God and that the favor of God is on the ministry of Hopewell. I like what Nehemiah does in chapter 1 at that last part. is something that he says that, that you and I cannot overlook, that you and I cannot forget about. I love the way how he prays so honestly and authentically and just really having a conversation with God. Look at verse 11 again. He says, oh Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. I love it because in Nehemiah's prayer to God, he's letting God know, God, I am available for whatever it is that you want to use me to be able to do. I love it because Nehemiah does not take what's going on with Jerusalem. He does not take that as a, uh, he doesn't take that as a place, Elder James, to put the responsibility on anybody else. He says, God, help me to pray. Prosper. I like what the New King James Version says, help me to be able to prosper today. In other words, Nehemiah is saying, God, I know that I personally have a role to play in this. So whatever it is you want me to do, help me to be able to prosper. But secondly, Nehemiah realizes that in order for me to be able to prosper in doing what God has called me to do, I need God to empower me to be able to do the work. He realizes, God, I need you more than I ever have before. This big task, this big vision that is yet before me, God, I can't do this without you. He prays. He says, put it into his heart to be kind to me. I love it. Nehemiah says, listen, I may have charisma, but I ain't got that much charisma to be able to change the heart of the king. Because what you have to realize, the king at Azarcis is not the one who is a believer of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is one that worships another God. So Nehemiah understands what he is coming up against. But he prays, he prays honestly and authentically to God. And he says, God, please put it into his heart to be kind to me. Here's what Nehemiah is also saying. God, I'm not going to manipulate. God, I'm not going to try to push myself in. God, I'm not going to try to suck up. But God, I need you to put it on his heart to be kind to me. And then he ends it by saying, in those days, I was the king's cupbearer. Y'all see it? He prays. Help me do well. I'm honoring you. Hear my prayer. Help the king. Be kind to me. Turn his heart so he can be kind to me. And he ends it by saying, in those days, I was the king's cupbearer. Nehemiah, do you realize what just happened? You're praying for favor for a position that you already have. Nehemiah. You're praying 
for favor, for a position that God has already opened the door. Nehemiah, you're praying for a position that God has already placed you in. Here it is. He says, now, assign this as the cupbearer of the king. You have to understand the context of what the cupbearer of the king was. The cupbearer of the king was one of the, one of the most loyal and trusted officials that the king had on his court. It was the cupbearer's job to be able to pick out the food for the king and for the royal court. They had to taste it. They had to drink it to make sure it was good. So if someone bought the king a, a fried lobster tail with some grits and a, and a cup of red Kool-Aid, it was Nehemiah's job to drink the Kool-Aid first and to taste the fried lobster tail first. And if Nehemiah fell out, they knew. Uh, put on Indeed.com that we need a new cupbearer and we can't eat that plate of food that Nehemiah just ate. He was a trusted advisor to the king. There was so much, there was so much that the king would lean upon Nehemiah for. In fact, if Nehemiah was sneaky, it would have been easy for him to be able to take the king out because of his close relationship with the king. So he's praying for God to give him favor with the king. And as he's praying for favor with the king, God has already positioned him before the king. Before he prays for it, God has already positioned him for it. What are you saying, Pastor? Here it is. God doesn't always place us where we want to be, but he will place us where we need to be. God will always put us not where we want to be and it's the great fight of our flesh and wanting to be where we want to be and do what we want to do versus us being where God is strategically placing us. Why? Because you never know why God has you where he has you. You never know what God is about to do and you and I have to be wise enough to be able to discern enough that when God is putting us where we need to be versus where we want to be because where we want to be may not be God-ordained, and what we don't want to be may be God-ordained. So you and I, as believers of Jesus Christ, must always use wisdom and discernment in filtering and navigating in what God is doing in the seasons in our lives. Come on here, Esther, with your fine self. She said, for such a time as this, I believe that God has put me in position to be able to save an entire race. clear why she was there. Let me ask this question to you this morning. Do you understand your current assignment? Do you understand where you are and why you're there? Do you understand? Can you get beyond your flesh and your feelings? Oh my God, why don't you just move me? God, I'm just so sick of this. And we get so caught up in what we want and caught up in our flesh that we're missing what God wants to do in us and through us in that current moment. In other words, can we get beyond our flesh and our wants and our desire to be able to see the bigger picture and step back and say, God, what is it that you're doing? What is it that you desire for me to do in this moment? Uh, and put Nehemiah where he wanted to be but he placed him where he needed him to be 
He knew I can trust Nehemiah enough to make him a cupbearer of the king because I'm going to allow some things to go down in Jerusalem that he's going to have a burden that he will realize I can't do this without God and without the help of others. And it's going to cause Nehemiah to lean on me. It's going to cause Nehemiah to call out to me. It's going to cause Nehemiah to pray to me day and night for help in trying to handle this burden. Put us where we need to be, and not where we want to be. God, 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 God will rearrange us. And, and, and because most times, thank you, Holy Spirit, what we're trying to do is we're trying to find geographical healing and deliverance by saying, hey, if I can go to another city, oh, if I can go to the big city, oh, if I can go somewhere else. And when we fail to realize, hey, it doesn't matter where you go, because if you don't change and be transformed, you take the same you with you wherever you go. And if you mess up here, you'll mess up somewhere else. If you do not allow God to change you on the inside and work in you before he moves you so sometimes what God has to do before he elevates us he has to take the time to prepare us and get us ready for what we have been praying and asking and believing him to do here it is Nehemiah now he prays that God would give him favor not realizing God has already given you favor by placing you in front of the king before you even ask for favor He places him where he needs to be before he even asks him for the favor. Oh, oh, the Bible is right. The Bible is right. The Bible is right. He works all things together for our good. He, 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 takes, he takes the good. He takes the bad. He takes the ugly. He takes the nasty. He takes the uncomfortable. And he works it all together for our good. He takes the hurt. He takes the pain. He takes everything. And he works it all together for our good. He takes the divorce. He takes the custody battles. He takes the losses. And he works it all together for our good. You never know what God is up to in your life. You never know why God is doing what he's doing. So I've come to realize the best thing that I need to do is just say, God, I trust you. God, I believe you. God, I'm relying upon you. I don't know what you're doing because sometimes God won't give us clarity. He will just give us himself and say, just trust me through this season. Trust me through this moment. I know you don't know what I'm doing. I know it seems easy. I know it seems crazy, but just trust me right in the middle of it. He says, I won't give you peace. I won't give you clarity, but I will give you myself so that all you can do is lean and depend on me come on Lee Williams I've learned to lean and depend on Jesus because I love it because what what happens here Nehemiah has this burden and we go from chapter one and we go to chapter two four months have gone by and Nehemiah has been praying day and night for four months about the same thing to the same God. Four months. He made no moves. He made no steps. But he prayed, Sister Juanita, day and night for four months. Four months he prays. And in those four months, of Nehemiah praying. Get this, y'all. This is why prayer is so, is so important. In those four months of Nehemiah praying, 
it wasn't just Nehemiah talking to God, Minister Lynn, but it was God talking back to Nehemiah. Woo! Can I tell you something? That prayer is the greatest preparation and the greatest start that you can be able to have to do whatever it is that you desire to do. That prayer is the greatest start. It's the greatest foundation that you can be able to lay to do whatever it is that you desire to do in life or for the Lord. Four months have been gone by. He's been praying day and night, twice a day, the same thing to the same God. And the burden had not left. It's still there. He's still concerned about the walls being down. He's still concerned about the fathers who can't sleep at night because they're on guard trying to make sure their families are all right. He's concerned that the people have no protection. Four months, he's prayed and prayed. Day and night, same prayer to the same God. And the burden has not left. Here's the blessing of a burden, saints. A burden is God's way of allowing us to participate in his plans. Oh, God, I wish I had a church this morning. I said a burden is God's way of allowing us to be able to participate in his plans. Nehemiah realizes that there is a greater picture here. There's a greater story that's going on here, God. You won't let this burden leave. I've been praying day and night. I've been seeking you. I've been believing you, God. Why won't you let this burden leave me alone? God says, all right, Nehemiah, I hear you. He says, later on, I'm going to bring up about a guy named Paul that prayed for me to remove a thorn from his side. He prayed three times, and I still wouldn't remove it. And, and, uh, and all I'm going to tell the apostle Paul is my grace is sufficient enough for you. Right. Nehemiah, I'm not going to take the burden away. I'm going to allow you to continue with this burden so that you can be a part of my plans. He said, I, I, I put this burden in your heart because I need, I, I desire, I desire to recruit you from a team and have you a part of my starting five to be a part of my plans. Saints of God, the burden that God places on us is to recruit us to be a part of his will, to be a part of his game plan, to be a part of what he desires to do here on the earth. Because here it is, saints of God, whatever it is God wants to do on the earth, he's going to work through people like you and I. He's going to work through people like you and I to be able to get the job done. He told Nehemiah, I'm not going to allow the burden to leave because this burden is my way of taxing you to let you know I need you a part of my plans. I want to use you. I want to empower you. I want to do in you and through you what you can never do on your own. And it's from that burden that God begins to open up doors. 
And just like Nehemiah, I believe, saints of God, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe that we as a church, that we as a church, when we pick our burden back up, when we begin to have a burden for souls, when we begin to have a burden for our city, when we begin to have a burden for our community, when we begin to look around and we see how others are lying in ruins and figure out, okay, God, what is it? How do you want us to be a part? What do we need to do? And I told you this last week, the burden is not just for the shepherd to be able to have by himself. But the burden is for the entire house to be able to share in the burden because it's too big for me to carry by myself. I need the Lord and we need each other to be able to figure out and to navigate through and to pray and to seek the face of God to determine our next move of action. He says, I'm giving you the burden. And this burden is about to open up some major doors. In your life. Look at verse 4. Y'all ain't got tired of me already. Here, look at verse 4, y'all. So we get to verse 4. Nehemiah's servant, the king, king asks him, he says, why are you looking so sad? You, you ain't never looked this sad before, Nehemiah. And I, I told you, I gave you a context. I told you who he is, what his role is. He's the cupbearer to the king. So, if anybody can't afford to look crazy at work, Nehemiah can't come in there looking sad with his face down. He is one of the king's faithful and loyal advisors. So he's looking down and looking sad. He says, hey, 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 what up? Nehemiah, what's wrong with you? You don't have no pep in your stuff. You don't look too good. You got a call. What is it? Did you take it at home? Tell us what's wrong with you, Nehemiah. It ain't looking good. Because here it is. It was insulting during this time. If you came before the king with no joy. Because if you came before the king with no joy, it was an indicator of how you felt about him. I said it was insulting to come before the king without joy because if you did that, it showcased how you really felt about him. I know we ain't talking about worship, but can I tell you something else? If well, for us to come before God in corporate worship, with no joy is an indicator of how we feel about God. And if we come before him and we don't come before him with gladness, we don't come before him with singing, then how do you really feel about God? You can't tell me that God is good and you just sit there and say, well, God, he's good. He made a way the other day. Oh, I'm tired. Pastor had us outside all last Saturday. I took my whole day out here. We're back to school. I'm tired. I'm worn. No, 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 no. If gladness is an indicator of what we feel about our Savior and our Lord and our King, no matter what may be going on in my body, that whenever I get the chance to be able to testify and tell of the goodness of Jesus, I'm going to be like David. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord and not just come into the house of the Lord but to come in with singing, come in rejoicing, come in with dancing and be glad that I'm here another opportunity to be able to praise God enough about worship it was insulting for anyone to come before the king and be sad because it was an indicator of how you felt about the king so he inquires what's wrong look at his response I love it 
we can take some emotional stability advice from Nehemiah. The king asked him what's wrong. He didn't say, oh, nothing's wrong, king. I'm all good. No, 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 no. Nehemiah says, long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried in the ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Look at verse 4. The king asked, well, how can I help you? Y'all just missed the shout. Pastor, how do I handle open doors? Open doors sometimes appear when we least expect it by the least expected. Nehemiah, a moment where it may be safe to say that he may be mildly depressed. He's down and out. He's concerned about Jerusalem. Concerned about the walls being down. He's expresses himself to the king. And the king's response is, well, how can I help you? Wait a minute. King, I was just venting to you and just sharing with you what was on my heart. Wait a minute. King, we don't even serve the same God. Who I pray to and who you pray to are two different gods. But there was something about Nehemiah's life. There was something about Nehemiah's walk that the king could not refuse to help him. <laughs> oh, God. Can I tell you something, Hopewell? There has to be something distinguishing about our walk and how we live as a church so that when we go to ask of anything, that the answer will be yes. Why? Because there's something about us that they would not be able to turn down and say no because of the way that we live, because of the way that we serve, because of the way of how we bring help to our city, restoration to our community, and hope to our world. There was something about Nehemiah's life and his walk that the king could not say no. But here it is. He's not expecting for an open door to come after he just vented to his king, his boss, about what was going on in his life. Here it is. Hope well. Be ready. Be ready. Because God will be able. God will open doors when we least expect it by the least expected. Whoever, whoever thought that the king that worshiped another god would open up a door for Nehemiah. Here it is. All of our help and our resources won't always come from those that look like us, worship who we worship, and live how we live. Someone asked, asked Mother Calvert a question a few years ago in Sunday school. They said, Mother, what would you do if a drug dealer came in here with a bag of money and said they wanted to bless the church? If you know Mother Calvert, you know Mother Calvert. She talks strong. She said, I'll take it, pray over it, give it to the trustees to deposit it in the bank. She said, we ain't turned down no money. All of our help, here it is, Hopewell. Can we be flexible enough 
that God may send resources, that God may send help through the hands of others who may not look like us. Or will we be religious? And say, oh, no, we can, only take, we can only take help from those that have been baptized in Jesus' name and they, they know how to run, talk, and speak in tongues. No, 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 no. We have to be adjustable and we have to be adaptable. That how, what, however God opens up the door, that we can be able to walk into the door and walk into the opportunity and take full advantage of the open door. And who knows? God can use anyone that he wants to be able to use to bless us as a church. Here it is. Let's bring it home. God can use whoever he wants to use to be be able to bless you. In fact, you may just be sitting next to someone that can be able to change your entire life. So be careful. In other words, be careful how you treat people because you never know who God may be using. You never know who God may put them on your heart to bless you, but we can ruin it because we're so churchy and we don't know how to shut up. How many open doors have we ruined? we said too much how many open doors have we missed because we walked in talking about how saved we were but our demeanor and our personality and our talk and our language was nice nasty because huh? can't nobody be nice nasty but like the saints can oh yes they can oh yeah up oh yes they can come into church and sit in somebody's seat they've been sitting there for 25 years they give you a look. And you think, but you ain't, you ain't sat here in over two years. It's my seat. It's there. That's my mama. How many opportunities have we ruined? Because we simply wasn't nice. God, help the church to be nice again. Ooh, God, help us as you believe to know how to talk to people. God, help us as your people to know how to treat people. Open doors sometimes appear when we least expect it by the least expected. Here it is. I love it. Because as we look at Nehemiah's white life and what's weaved all through his life is faithfulness. And here it is, saints of God. Faithfulness opens the door to favor. Oh, I wish I had a church this morning. I said faithfulness opens the door to favor. I don't care what you may be doing right now, and you may feel like you're being overlooked, and you've been praying like Nehemiah for months. In fact, you may have been praying for years about certain things, and you still have yet to see it come to pass, and you've grown discouraged. You've getting disheartened, but let me tell you, don't you stop praying. You keep on praying. You keep on being faithful, because what I love about the story of Nehemiah, even in this second chapter, is so good, you can't miss it, that even though Nehemiah was going through in his life, he kept going the work. He didn't stop going to work. He kept showing up and he was faithful on his job even though he was upset about what was going on in Jerusalem. He did not allow that to affect his ability to be faithful at where he was and to do what God had assigned for him to do. Here's a word to you. Keep on being faithful. Keep on being faithful. Keep on being faithful. Keep on being faithful to this section. Keep on being faithful. Keep on being faithful. Keep on being faithful. What you think of what you think others may have overlooked God has seen everything. Keep on being 
excuse. Keep on being faithful. Keep on being faithful. And in the midst of keeping on being faithful, keep on praying. Keep on praying. Night and day, keep on praying. Others may not have heard you, but God has heard you. Keep on praying. Keep on being faithful. Keep on being faithful. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. Keep on being faithful. Because what man does not see, what man does not hear, I got a God that sits high and he looks low. I got a God that sits high and he still hears low. Keep being faithful. Keep on praying. Because in due time, in due season, you will reap if you faint not. Who is it this morning that you need some strength, some new grace for this new season in your life to keep being faithful? Don't give up. Keep on being faithful. Keep on praying. Keep on being faithful. Keep on being praying. Who am I preaching to this morning? Keep on being faithful. Keep on praying. Don't give up. Don't give in. God has brought you too far. God has brought you through too much to stop right here. Keep on praying. Keep on being faithful. Keep on praying. Keep on being faithful. Faithfulness opens the door to favor. When we were praying for $19,000 plus for back to school, I'm calling bankers, I'm calling different organizations. Say, hey, you've been faithful and giving to us. You've been helping us all these years. Oh, well, we can give you, oh, Reverend, Pastor, we can give you 200. I said, I, I said, ah, that's wonderful. I said, but can you do a little bit more than 200? Oh, well, we can do five. I said, oh, man, that's, oh, praise God. That's great. But can you do a little bit more than 500? Oh, well, we can do about 750. What? Are you serious? That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. But can you do a little bit more than 750? Oh, we can do 1,000. Bingo. That's what I want right there. When you are faithful to the things of God, you won't have a problem with continuing and being able to ask. I love my girls so much because in their eyes, daddy has everything, every resource that we have, they know they have it in daddy, and they have no problem with coming and asking me for anything. It can be outrageous. They don't care. They will still ask. I pray that we can have the same faith as little kids and realize that our father owns a cattle on a thousand hills and that we can be able to go to our daddy and say, daddy, we need this, and our daddy can be able to respond to it. Faithfulness opens the door. Your favor and here it is God to give you favor with folks that don't even like you Ooh, God will give you favor with people that won't even want to bless you but they're so they, they don't even realize why they're doing what they're doing but they have to do it because they've been compelled by the Holy Ghost to do it faithfulness opens the door to favor Open doors, here it is. Open doors calls for in the moment prayer. Look at verse 4 and 5. Then the king said, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if it please the king and you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. Y'all see that? Opportunity 
How can we help you? What can we do? Nehemiah does not say, well, let me go on my prayer cards and pray about what I need to do. No, 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 no. He doesn't have to pray for an extended period of time now because he's been praying for four months. And so while he's been praying for four months, not only has he been talking to God, but God's been downloading strategy and giving him, here's what you need, Nehemiah. Here's your game plan, Nehemiah. Here's the blueprint. Here's what you're going to need. Here's what you're going to need to do to be able to do what you need to do. And in that moment when the king says, how can I help you? Bible says he prayed to the God of heaven. It wasn't no long prayer. He probably said, God, help. And in that moment, God gave him what it was for him to say. Let me tell you something, saints of God. When the open doors come, that's the wrong time to get ready. Yeah. When the open opportunity comes, that's the wrong time to get ready. You have to be ready so that when the opportunity opens up, you know what you need. Doing back to school, we're in there packing backpacks. A guy came up to me from the rotary. He said, he says, Pastor, if you don't mind me asking if I'm not being nosy, he said, how much all this costs? I said, ha, 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 you're not being nosy at all. Because why? You could very well be one that could write the check for the whole $26,000 to do 2,000 backpacks and supplies. So I would tell you everything you need to know down to a penny. Here's what we need to be able to do a full 2,000 backpacks. Here's what we need to be able to do with what we already had. Be ready. So that when an opportunity presents itself, all you have to do is walk in it. But I love it in every open door experience that Nehemiah, that, 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 he, that he experiences. Do you see his dependency upon God? Do you see how prayer is intertwined in everything that he's doing? He stops in that moment and he just prays because here it is. Long prayer doesn't mean more powerful and effective. Have you ever been in trouble? You didn't have a whole lot. You didn't have a whole lot of time to say a whole bunch of stuff. You just said Jesus. You just said help. You just said help God. Help help me, God. He prayed in the moment, and here it is, saints of God. You and I have to develop a prayer life that we know if we have to lay before God, prostrate before God, and pray for an extended period of time. But we have to have in the moment prayer that as we're moving, as we're going, as we as God has opened the doors and the opportunities that we can pray. God, give me what to say. God, give me what to do. God, give me what to ask for, and He will do just that. Why? Because you've been prepared through prayer for the past four months, Nehemiah. You were talking to God, and God was talking back to you. I'm getting y'all nervous. Let me go. Here it is. Open doors are handled best when we're prepared and we have a plan. Look at 79. I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates rivers, instructing them to let me travel safely through the territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Ace of the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I will need to make beams for the gates of the temple, fortress for the city walls, and, and for the house myself. And the king granted those requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. And four months of praying was four months of preparation. 
It was four months of God preparing Nehemiah for what he was about to walk into. And it was four months of God giving Nehemiah a plan. Here it is, saints of God. I don't care how saved you are. I don't care how much you trust God. I don't care how long you have been saved. I don't care what your title may be in church. It is great to pray. Yes, we need to pray and lean upon God. But we need a plan. Anything that you are going to do, that you and I are going to do, we're going to need a plan. If you want to be debt free, you need a plan. I just can't say I want to be debt free and keep having Amazon packages delivered to my house. That ain't a plan. And so what happens, thank you, Holy Ghost, what has happened, what has happened, now we have all this false preaching and teaching that's going on. Well, all you got to do is name it and claim it, stop it and grab it, and then it's yours. But it's not giving any responsibility to the believer that, hey, you can pray, you can fast, but there's work that you have to do. If I say I want to lose weight, I got to have a plan and stop going to Texas Roll House and getting the portobello mushroom chicken with broccoli and mashed potatoes and Texas Roll House rice. And a side of cheesecake with strawberries on it. And then stopping the at Dairy Creams on the way in and getting me an ice cream cone. Then snack once I get home. Then say, well, I walk with God every day, but you're still not losing weight. There has to be a plan. Nothing happens in our life without a plan. If you say, oh, I want to be married, there has to be a plan to be married. Nehemiah spent that time in prayer to get himself prepared for what God was about to do. But to get his plan, to get his strategy and to prepare. So when the king said, how can I help you? Ha, say less, king. I need some timber. Say less, king. I need letters so that as I'm traveling through, won't nobody bother me because here it is. Nehemiah was so smart. He never said, king, I need to go to Jerusalem. He said, I need to go to the tombs of my father. Why? Because Jerusalem and Persia had beef. So he knew if I said Jerusalem, the king may not help me. But if I say, I need to go back to the tombs of my father, the king just thinking, man, where is this, where is daddy's buried at? He was wise enough to speak the language of the king, to know what to say and how to say it. Can I tell you something, saints of God? The Holy Spirit is so wise and so bad and so strong that he will give us what to say and how to say it so that when we come before people in high places, we will know what to say and how to say it to get what we need to do, what God has called us to do. He had a plan. Somebody said we got to have a plan. Somebody said we got to prepare. 
And our preparation is not just in prayer. It starts in prayer, but it doesn't end just right there in prayer. We have to stop being lazy believers and thinking that everything that happens that we ask God to do, that it's just going to just happen just like that. Some things may happen supernaturally, but there are some things that is going to take some labor and some work that we're going to have to get our hands dirty and really get down in there to see that thing come to pass. We have a responsibility to be able to prepare and plan and not just say, well, I'm just looking to the Lord to lead me, but what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing with what he's giving you? What are we doing with what he's given us? He had a plan and he prepared. He says, give me timber. Give me letters. And the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on him. Four months he's been praying. Four months he's been talking to God about the same thing twice a day to the same God. Not realizing that God has already positioned him right where he needed to be for the favor that was coming his way. Open the door to every resource needed to be able to get the job done. If you hear nothing else that I said today, I want you to catch this big idea. Your next, your open door is predicated on how you handle your now. Your next, your, 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 your next open door is predicated on how you handle your current opportunities. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. I hear preachers all the time talking about your next, but what about, what about equipping people to handle their now? Because some folks are irresponsible with their now that, they can't, that God can't give them next. I say this about maybe once or twice a year. You got to be careful about the preaching and teaching that you're hearing because everybody that gets the mic that's talking ain't heard from the master. Some are striving to be a, a, a social media famous that they would just give you a, 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 a little sugary stuff to get you hyped up and, and excited and run and shout. But never teach you the responsibility of what the blessing is going to cause for you to be able to do. Could it be that what we have been praying for, for our next to come, could it be that it could be held up because we're irresponsible with our now? That we're irresponsible with, 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 with the current doors that we have right now? I sometimes say, God, how come you didn't let me be a singing preacher? Sometimes I say, God, how come I couldn't have all of my hair with nice waves to go along with my beard? Because he knows it'll be a change in my attitude. I was sing every week. I wouldn't take my do-rag off till I got the mic and start preaching because I want the waves popping. Waves so bad you get seasick. 
Sometimes God will not give us another opportunity because we've been irresponsible or he realizes, thank you, Holy Ghost, that we're not mature enough to handle what we've been praying for. And God is wise enough not to give us more than we have the capacity to be able to handle. Have you been faithful for what you have right now? Don't pray for a new job and you late every day to your current job. And you work from home. Oh, God. Help Jesus today. Help Holy Ghost God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How? You work from home. The computer is in your room. But you're praying for God to deliver you from this. And, and we, get so, we get so biblical. Oh, God, deliver me from this Egypt. No, it ain't Egypt. It's you. It's you. There will not be a next until we become better stewards of what we have right now. I pray, I said, God, I asked God, I said, God, I'm seeing churches come back and they're exploding. I mean, it was almost like COVID was just like a, a, a resurgence for them. I mean, they're boom. They're, I mean, the overflow, they adding on services. I mean, they're packing out the place. I said, God, how come? How come we're not seeing that? Lord said, he said, I give you steady growth before I give you overflow growth. He said, what you're praying for, you don't have the capacity or the systems to be able to handle it yet. But I give you steady growth that you can gradually see growth that you can be able to maintain and not be overwhelmed. God is wise enough that he will not give us more than we have the capacity to handle. Talk about a ruined opportunity. Talk about a missed moment. You're next. It's predicated on how you handle your right now. What current doors do you have open right now in your life that you're not a good steward of? Are you saying, God bless me with one more morning, and God is saying, but I already, I gave you some. I gave you some, but you blew it. So how can I keep giving you more and you never take advantage of the moment. What current doors are we mishandling? What current opportunities are we missing? Because we're so worried about our next, but we're missing being faithful to our now. Our next is predicated on what we're doing with our now. And what we're doing with what's already in our hands right now. God of heaven, I pray right now that we won't miss 
any more moments, God. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you will teach us how to handle open doors, God. Teach us how to handle open doors. Help us to prepare, Lord God. Help us to have a plan. Help us to have a plan, God. Help us to have a plan, God. Help us to have a plan. That's what many of us need to do this week. Make a plan. I, I want to get out of debt. Make a plan. I want my household to be better. Make a plan. I want my marriage to be better. Make a plan. I want to be a better parent. Make a plan. I want to get in shape. Make a plan. I want a greater walk with God. Make a plan. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will help us not to be tempted by laziness to stay where we are when we know that there's more God help us Father God not to desire more and not realize that more requires more of us help us to plan help us to prepare help us to be ready Because we got work to do, God. There's a city that needs hope. There's a community that needs hope. There's a world that needs hope. And Father, we need fresh, uncontaminated water to flow fresh, to spring fresh from the well. That what we do will be refreshing and not make people sick. And help us in our own individual lives, Father. Help us in our own individual lives, God, not to miss moments, God. We don't want to miss no more moments. We don't want to miss no more moments, God. We can't miss no more moments, God. We can't miss no more moments. God, we can't miss no more moments. God, help us, God of heaven, help us not to miss any more moments. God, help us not to miss any more moments. Help us not to miss any more moments. God, help us not to miss any more moments corporately as a church and individual. God, help us to be ready, Father. We thank you now. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And the believers of Jesus said,